0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, we are continuing life at the lake. I believe this is week six. Um, if you have missed any of them, uh, please check out on the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes podcast and get uh, all the messages just delivered to your phone like that. It's like no work. You just put the button once and it's, oh, there it is. And that's nice. Uh nice. Uh, the healing message that was a couple weeks ago didn't make it because I didn't know how to push the record button right, so I apologize. Um, which means you guys will get to hear that again this fall sometime. I'll just pull that back out. Um, so start healing. Healing message. Did Jared prepare this week or did he recycle? Um, I'm really excited about this series. I've had a ton of fun um, preparing this these uh, these talks. And just delving into the scripture, delving into Jesus um, and his interaction with his disciples and what uh, that all looks like—it's just been a, a fun for me. I'm hope, hoping you're having fun with it as well. Uh, today we're going to center into Matthew three. So if you want to turn your into your Bibles or your electronic devices to Matthew three, give you a little time there. Today we're talking about new, Jesus is new life. And specifically, what it looks like to participate in and to have new life. What does it look like as a community of believers, us, a community to participate in and have new life? Because this is incredibly important. I think we can go a long time in church. We can go a long time as believers. And maybe at one time we felt like we had new life. Sorry, excuse me. Or, uh, it's been a, a while since we felt like we had that. And what, what does that look like to really fully engage into new life? Because if I'm honest, and probably if you're honest, when things feel the same old same, when they feel rote, or when they feel boring, when they feel, maybe, maybe in your jobs you feel the same way, it's just like, I'm punching the clock. When do I get to retire? 45 more years? Awesome. Um, only, only 45 and a half more to go today. Uh, I Maybe mean, that's, that's how you feel, and you're like, I, just, I need something different. Well, I'll tell you this, life with Jesus offers that hope, offers that new life. No matter what we do, if we're street sweepers, if we're you know, trust brokers, if we're lawyers, if we're doctors, whatever it is, Jesus actually offers that new life, and engaging into that is incredibly important. It's basically about half of what Jesus offers us. In Christianity, we get to participate in eternity in heaven with God. It's a huge bonus. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> However, he also offers us a new life here on earth that sometimes I think we get so eternity-minded that we don't get present-minded. And I want today's about... Uh, kind of centering on baptism, but really it's about having and participating in new life and how we as a community of believers can help others participate in that new life as well. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with um, here in Matthew 3. First, let me tell you a story about what happened to me this weekend. Uh, I had my message all prepared, and then this happened, and I was like, okay, well, I've got to rewrite my message. Thanks, God. Uh, it's like you're in charge or something. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, it happens. Uh, so, we're sitting there this week, and I'm fishing off the dock, not catching. I don't think I'm throwing a lure out. I wouldn't even call it what it was. I was doing fishing, because I don't believe there was a fish on my side of the lake, but that's okay. They were pointing and laughing. If they had fingers, it would be awkward. Um, so, I'm sitting down there, down by the lake, and uh, throwing things in uh, repeatedly. And, and there's a jet skier out there, and he's having a blast. And uh, he is just having a good old time. He's like the only boat on the water, the only thing on the water, besides my lure, out there. And he's out in front of me, and, and bouncing around, bouncing around. I'm like, well, that looks like fun. I, think, I looked at Kelly, I said, I'm pretty sure that's how I got a concussion one time. She said, that would make sense, that would make sense. And he's having a good old time out there on the jet ski. And I'm going back fishing and talking to Kelly. And, uh, and I don't hear the jet ski anymore. They're pretty loud and annoying, so it's kind of a noticeable thing that I'm not hearing anymore. And uh, we're still talking, and I look out, and this guy is playing in the water. I was like, okay, well, he got bored jumping around on the jet ski, and now he's just swimming around his jet ski. He's the only person out there. This is a huge lake. He is the only thing out there. I'm like, eh, whatever. If you want to swim in the middle of the lake by yourself, you go right ahead, sir. And then I notice, after a couple more casts, I look out, and he's pulling the jet ski, by himself. While I appreciated the quietness of the jet ski not going out in front of me anymore, I thought, that stinks. And I looked out there and I saw this guy flailing around. Obviously, I've done this before on that lake. We had the world's worst pontoon boat. Like, it was the pontoon boat from hell. (laughs) Satan resided in the engine. And there was one boat, was, we, the lake cottage is on a chain of lakes, little bitty ones, only one of them you can do the fun stuff on. And so we, as soon as it hit one of these other lakes, it decided, I'm tired, I'm not going anymore. Every time. Every single I was like, do we have to go on the, yeah, it'll be fine today, we got it fixed. Nah. So when I was 18, this happened all the time. Well, at 18, I was a swimmer, and I had much different physique than I do now. And so basically what they would do is throw a rope at me, and I would get in the water and have to swim and pull this stupid boat around the lake. I had been the engine before. It is not fun. And so as I watched this gentleman out in the middle of the lake, you know, I can imagine the curse words coming out right now, uh, because I'd been there in that frustration. And he's pulling this thing by himself. I'm, going, I'm like, he is not going to make wherever he's going. And this happens to be by our, our place. I think this is a situation worked out well for us when we had that yellow pontoon boat. Um, ten houses down is the marina where they fix the boats. And so he's headed that way, but he's moving at about a snail's pace, right? He's in no condition to move this thing. He's getting exhausted. He's flailing around. He's at the end of my pier. He's basically where that last row is is at. I said, hey! Hey! What? Would you like a toe? <laughs> so I'm, sitting, I'm standing at the end of the pier. I was like, would you like any help? And he's like, yes. So he, he comes in. He doesn't know that at about where my, uh, right here on the second row, it's like three feet deep. And he can stand up. It's a lot easier to pull a when you're doing this instead of swimming around. So he's like, oh. He comes in, we give him gas, and we're trying to start it. I was like, well, you know the marina's right there. He's like, yes. I was like, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to the end of the next lake over, which is like two miles away. I was like, well, would you like a tow? Would you like some gas? Do you need a rope? What, what, would you, what do you need, buddy? And he's like, I... Where's the marina? And I was like, it's down there, but it's closed. They closed like five minutes ago. And he's like, and you can just, he's like, oh. I was like, you can get it fixed down there. Talk to Julie. We were on first name basis with the lady, by the way. I said, like, go down there and talk to her. Or, and we'll, we'll knock on the door and whatever. he's like, okay. I said, do you want me to pull you down there with the boat, or do you want to just walk it down? He said, I'll just walk it down. I said, hey, guess what? I will pick you up in my van, and I'll take you home. like, I didn't know how I was going to get home. I said, okay. I mean, it's no big deal for me. It's, it's literally 10 houses down. So I pull up, and he's tying it down, and I get in there and take him home. As I get home, and he's really, you know, do you need gas money? Sorry, it was like 30 seconds of a drive. I do not need gas money. I get home, I start thinking about what we do as a community, what we do as a church. And it's simply two things. We take people to where they can get fixed, to who can fix them, and then we help them home. And that's, that's, that's what we do. The rest of it is just fluff. It didn't matter what kind of car I had. It didn't matter if I was driving in a Rolls Royce or if I had a Pinto. Well, a Pinto probably wouldn't have started, but... It didn't It didn't matter. Just as long as I could get him home and I could point him in the direction of who could fix him. Me? We, we opened it up. It was I did the classic, you know, man thing. Oh, let's, let's pop that buddy open. I got a gas can here and fingers. <laughs> right? That's all I know. You know, Adam could look at that and go, oh, I can fix it. It's your flux capacitor. <laughs> got some Back to the Future fans in here. Yes! That was going to be really awkward if no one laughed, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he could say, I'll fix it. I have not, not, do not have that talent. God did not bestow on me the ability to fix things. Anything, really. But that's, that's okay. And so, but we opened it up. Both of us looked it up. He's like, well, I, I, and he's doing the same thing. He was hoping and praying that I knew anything about engines. He was. He had that look in his eye like, come on, man. I can give you a rope. And what you choose to do with said rope, I don't know what you're going to do. But we could go down there. And so that's what happened. But, but guys, I just don't, I want to get back to the point that all I can do and all we can do and what we get to do here as a community is we get to point people and take people to who can fix them, who has the solution, and then we get to help them on their way home. And baptism is actually all about that story. Baptism at its root, at its core, when when Peter's talking about baptism at the end of the first message, and he says, repent and be baptized, he's saying, listen, listen, listen. I can take you to who can fix you. And when you're baptized, now you're part of the community that'll get you home. And that's what what, what baptism's all about. Some of us have become Christians and never been baptized. And maybe we felt kind of alienated, felt alone. Being baptized... Is actually the invitation to be part of the community. This is really, really interesting uh, stuff. Uh, as I as I studied the scripture this week, as I studied baptism, even as I stru- studied just water in general in the Old Testament. Let's read in Matthew three, and then we'll get back to the context of baptism. Matthew three, uh, verse eleven. I baptize you. This is John the baptize. Uh, John the Baptist. Um, talking. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes the one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is at hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to, bab- I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and whom I am well pleased. Jesus doesn't have to do the repentance part. He hasn't sinned. But he is participating in the community part. Because where John the Baptist is, he's a little south of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is in the north part of Israel, and the Dead Sea is at the south. Connecting the two is the Jordan River. John the Baptist is about halfway down that Jordan River, out in the middle of the desert, and people from all over, from Jerusalem and from the towns around the Sea of Galilee, are coming out to talk to John, to see John, to be baptized by him. Because in the vein of all the Old Testament prophets... John is saying, repent, repent, repent. You guys, the reason why the Romans are here, the reason why you guys are being persecuted, the reason why your life stinks is because you've let sin dominate your life. And it's the same thing that all the Old Testament uh, prophets said as well. And so these people are coming out and they're hearing the story and lots of them are repenting and being baptized and saying, and what they're saying with that baptism is, I will go under this water one way and I'm going to come out and I'm going to live a different way. But in that community of coming out of the water, you know, you didn't just travel alone. Your whole little block would have come with you. And they would have said, all right, let's go home and let's live differently. And so that's what the statement is. It's kind of like a a promise keepers type thing where all the men would go out and be like, not in my house. We're going to be different. And they come home and they could hold each other accountable to say, we are going to be different. Does this make sense? This is what's going on there. Uh, We kind of, we have two things in Christianity that kind of are weird. We'll we have more than that, but two of their main ones that are really weird. I think if I was just coming to church, I have no church background, um, if I'm, I'm an alien from another, uh, another world, I'm coming from Mars, and I go to a church service, and they baptize people that day, and they take communion, I'd be like, what in the world is going on around here? And, and so we really uh, want, we take baptism for granted. If you've been in church for more than like a second, you're like, oh, baptism, yeah. yeah. But it's different. It's totally different. You're dunking someone. The pastor is holding someone underwater today. This is awkward. <laughs> Let me tell you where that comes from and why for thousands of years this has been a symbol of new life. I was reading in uh, 1 Corinthians this week. I think it's 1 Corinthians 8. And Paul's talking about the people uh, following Moses, that they were fall- uh, under the cloud and then came from out under the water. And that struck me, because I was thinking about baptism, thinking about baptism, thinking about baptism. I went, what? Wow! He's talking about the whole of the Israelite nation coming out from under the water. And I thought about it some more, and I thought, well, this repenting and being baptized is the story of the Hebrew nation." They repent. They're saying, God is my God when the, the Passover lamb is sacrificed and they put it over their door. That's a personal decision. That was for their house only. That is a personal thing. I, I'm protected. I believe you, God. You are my God. I'm going to put the, the blood of the lamb on my doorpost. And then they are communally baptized together when they go underneath the Dead Sea and the sea is parted and it comes back together again. This is just, I hope that's blowing your brain like it blew mine because I was like, that smoke coming out of my office. It was great. Ivana came in with a fire extinguisher. But you think about that, they they participated that and together. They were bought, they repented together, and even on a personal level, but they all came out of a new life. They were all set free from slavery together. And when we deal with baptism, and when we yearn for new life, and we deal with that together as a church, we are coming out of the water together. Coming out of bondage together, coming into new life together. What does that look like? And how do we do that? I, I just I know that baptism can so easily be like a a rote thing, and I don't want it to be a rote thing. Our, we've been talking about baptism around our kids lately. And Bowen did not believe that we had a baptism at the church, because we kind of hide it. I get some of you right now, are like, there's a baptismal in there? Um, there's, there's fun things on top of it. So he wanted to come see it. He wanted to check it out. I said, Do you have a bath? Is that a bathtub? No, it's, daddy doesn't come to work and take a bath in the baptismal. That's not how it works. But we, we talked about it, and like, what, what does that look like? You know, he's not ready to be baptized yet, but I want, I want it not to be a thing of, oh, that's just something daddy does, but with reverence and awe of the moment and of the introduction to community that baptism is. Acts 2.38, I already alluded to it when Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Repentance is important to all of this. It's the first step. It's a very personal thing. It's a very personal act. It's saying, I am living this life and I don't want it to be that way anymore. Repenting means to turn direction, to change our ways. I don't want to do this anymore. Just like the guy is out here, and you know, there's got to be some sort of pride thing. When you have a machine of your own, you're like, I will take care of this stupid thing myself. And he's fighting, and he's fighting in the water, and he's basically drowning. But, it, dadgummit, I'm going to fix my own ski-do. And some of us are right now are going, dadgummit, I'll fix my own issues. I'll fix my own junk. When somebody's at the shore going, hey, buddy, you want some help? Because it would have been really silly if that guy would have, I mean, it would have taken him hours. He would have been exhausted. He would have maybe even drowned trying to swim across two whole lakes because his pride wouldn't let him accept help. Some of us, I bet even here today, and some of us know people, and maybe you are those people, but because of our pride, we'd rather drown in our own junk than ask for help. That means, too, I think, something for us, church, is we've got to be willing to be yelling from the shore, saying, hey, hey, hey I know who can fix this. And you know what? I, there was a moment, I'm like, I am in my clothes. I am not prepared to jump out there. And in my head, I'm going, I know I'm a much better swimmer than this guy. I'm going to have to get wet. Luckily, he stood up, and I didn't have to do that. (laughs) But there's a moment there where you're going, okay, I'm going to have to get in this guy's junk. I'm going to have to get in this guy's mess. I'm going to have to get wet. I'm going to get muddy. I'm going to get weeds around me. But it's to bring him to someone who can fix this and then to take him home. Repentance is all about changing that, wanting something different and saying, Jesus, I can't do this by myself. I need help. Repentance is going to the mechanic. My father-in-law passed about uh, this week or last week, uh, a year ago. And my father-in-law could kind of fix everything. He couldn't fix anything, but he could kind of fix everything. (laughs) Okay? And so that is how his default was. We found all kinds of things that are broken around the house. They've broken for 10 years straight. I have no talent to fix these things. He could get it, duct tape it a little bit more, make it last another year. We've got new toilets. We've got new engines. We've got new all kinds of stuff. like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'm I'm sorry, Johanna. She's like, I'm spending so much more money. It's "It's because you've got a dork son-in-law that can't fix it. I totally lost where that was going. Had a good point. Oh, I know what it was. Until we repent of our pride of being able to fix something, we can't do it. We can sort of get along with life. Oh, I can sort of get along with this. I can sort of do this. But a fresh new engine, a fresh new toilet, whatever. You don't want to just kind of get along with a toilet, by the way. (laughs) And I'm being honest. That's how some of us live our lives. We kind of get along with the junk in our lives. Not to be too crude, but we just kind of get along with that. And every once in a while it backs up on us. Get a new one. And Jesus is the one that can do this. This is what repentance is about. See, I did have a point. You just, you didn't think I did. This repentance is the first part of baptism. It's, it's the acceptance of Christ that he's going to be the one who fixes us. And he's the one that can fix us. And that's the a, a first place you need to be at when you want to be baptized. Some of us, it means that we need to get back to a point of repentance. That we need to get back to a place of like, yes, God, I have tried to fight it on my own for way too long. Maybe I said you were my Lord when I was six, but I've been living it pretty much by myself for the last 40 years. I need to get back to who you have called me to be, who you've made me to be. I need to repent of that. The second part of that, of, going, of being baptized in this, is to become part of the community. And I want to take a little time with our community to see what that looks like for us. How can we be the community that supports, that takes people home, that shows them who can fix them? Who, how can we be those kind of people? What does that look like for us? We must feel the need to include others in our community. It has to be a burning passion inside us. This, this week, I got an email from a woman who was going through all kinds of spiritual stuff. Been through the ringer, been, had a hard life, been all kinds of stuff. Talking to her, talking to her, trying to show her love. She, we keep on emailing back and forth, back and forth. On one of the forms that she sent me, it has her address on it, and Yvonne said, you know that's only 100 yards away. And that set me back. This woman with all this stuff and all this junk and all these things that she's been going with is a hundred yards away. There's people that are in desperation that are drowning in front of us a hundred yards away, fifty yards away, twenty five yards away. We have to birth a passion. For saving drowning people. That's part of the being the community. That's part of working in this baptism and working out our faith. Of seeing people redeemed out of that water. It's not just, a, oh, wasn't that nice? It's, a, oh, now I got a job to do with them. Now I get to walk with them. Now I get to drive them home. We must have a desperation to help others find a new life. In Matthew, again, Matthew 3, verse 7. But when he saw, this is John the Baptist talking, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit and keep In keeping with repentance, and do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God could raise up children from Abraham. The axe is already at the root of trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I didn't want to use this verse today, but as I thought about it, I thought, Oh my goodness, we are inundated with the temptation to be Pharisees and Sadducees all the time. Who are the Pharisees and Sadducees? Pharisees are legalists. Might get legalistic every once in a while. I I like to put hoops that my religion needs to jump through. It makes it neater and cleaner. Sadducees are basically people who are using believers for political and personal gain. are these Pharisees and Sadducees? Do we have this temptation in our own lives as we see church? Do we see people as means to an end? Do we see them as, oh, they're not measuring up. They're not good enough. There's these two fighting things. This is who the Pharisees and Sadducees were that day, and I think they pervade sometimes in our services today. John is so upset with them because here is this community event. Here's these people that are trying to repent And he knows, he sees these guys, those guys are judging him and saying, oh, this repentance isn't real, they're going to go home and start drinking again. And those guys are like, oh, they found religion, I wonder if I can get them to vote for me next time. And so you have this this thing going on there, and he's very intense about, hey, whoa, 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 unless you're willing to participate in taking these people home, get out of here. And what I have for you out of that today is unless we're willing to participate in, letting, in taking people home, we need to stop. Because what does John say? Look, the axe is at your root. You will burn. You think you're safe. You're not. That's very condemning even to me. Like what, When I see people, when I look at people, when I minister to people, what am I thinking? Am I going, oh man, they really need to jump through these hoops. They really need to deal with that stuff. It's calling myself into question. Oh, meet a person. That person would be the greatest volunteer for this in the history of mankind. Please. They're not even saved or (laughs) don't love Jesus or whatever, but they'd be a great volunteer. Well, I'm getting the cart before the horse. Maybe we do that in our own lives. Maybe we need to do that and examine ourselves. Because in this baptism is an invitation to community and if we're going to abuse that community we set the whole thing back. We must be a cushion for for people to fall on and a strong hand in which to guide people in new ways. We must be a cushion for people to fall on and a strong hand in which to guide people in new ways. This is this is interesting. The guy was bringing his Sea-Doo, and I know I'm using this analogy, and if you've never seen a jet ski, then you're really kind of confused by the whole thing today. He's bringing it into our pier, and I had gotten the, we call them boat nerds, the cushions out, buoys out, so he, did, so he wouldn't hurt our pier, and he wouldn't hurt his jet ski as it came in. Because even when I was pulling him in, and I was grabbing his hand, and I was bringing him to the thing, there was the propensity to wreck his boat and to wreck my pier. Sometimes we have to be a cushion and we have, to, we have to build in that. Like, okay, how's this? We have to have boundaries. We have to have all these things uh, in, in place when we bring people in to this new life. I don't know if you've experienced this new life or even seen what it looks like. So I want to challenge you maybe to think a little bit outside the box this week i go to a place maybe, if you're, if you're anything <clears throat> like my wife, you find your grocery stores, you find the places you like to shop, and you just go to those places, and, and you kind of get in a zone, and you just check it off the list, and you do it. It's got the cheapest price, we're going to do it, right? That's, that's, that's how things work. Um, I'm not, you guys are going to laugh at me because I'm always talking about grocery stores. <laughs> um, I went to Mariano's twice this week. Best new sandwich shop in town, I'm telling you. Went to Mariano's twice this week. If you want to see what new life looks like, if you want to see what a, a church even could look like that's got new life in it, just go to their salad department and watch. I'm, I'm serious. If you, if you want to see what... It, what does Jared dream that the lobby would look like on a Sunday morning? Go to, the, go to the salad department and watch. It's right next to the gelato. Take that for what it's worth. I watched in there. I went in there and I got, I got a tuna melt. I was like, if, if anybody's going to screw something up, it's going to be a tuna melt. All right, let's see how this tastes. And they gave me a... While I'm waiting for that to be grilled, I'm, I'm watching. And there's people and they're engaging and they're getting offered new food and trying things and cheeses that they're like, what in the world is this? And they're getting offered these new experiences and all this buzz is going around everyone's head. And there are people staring. <laughs> it's like they've never experienced anything like this before in their lives. They're like, what is that? I don't even know what's going on. And it's like they're shell-shocked because of the life that is exploding around them. I'll tell you what. I know it's really easy for people just to drop their jaw and gawk at whatever silly thing I'm doing. But I want people to walk into this lobby and be like, what is going on? Yes. Something is different here. New life is happening here. And so can we learn from uh, Mariano's? Yeah, we can. Because those people are, it's all this new stuff. It's brand new. Everything's brand new. But you know what? It's not brand new. It's in the husk of something old. I love Dominic. I preached on Dominic, how much I love Dominic. Dominic's failed. It's in the husk of something new. New life is being birthed out of old. I'm excited about that. Yeah, they got a coffee bar, a gelato bar, a smoothie bar, an olive bar, a popcorn bar. I will never re- uh, go to one of those, and it's not the, the uh, gelato bar. they got all these different things. This new life is just oozing all over the place. I want to be a place. I want to be a community that's about that. That when we engage people, that we've got all these, we have all these fantastic ministries. But more than that, we have this buzz of, I want to be a part of that. I went there just because I wanted to be a part of the activity. Yes. I went the second time. I was like, oh, what, what crazy people watching can I do today? As, as Jimmy was talking about earlier, you set yourself on fire. People will watch you burn. People are watching that burn, and people will watch us go crazy for God here. They will want to be a part of that kind of community. Yes. How do we get there? What does that look like for us? How do we engage people on a daily basis to show them new life? How do we yell out, Hey! Do we yell? Do we watch them drown? Do we say, Hey buddy, would you like a boat lift? You want to tow? Yeah, it's going to cost me some time. The guy could have said no. That had been really awkward if I just sat there and watched him drown for like a half an hour. <laughs> but your neighbors are doing it. That's right. We lead people to who can fix them and then take them home. So what do I do with this? As the band comes forward, I want to ask you a couple questions. What can you do with this? Do you need the new life that Jesus promises in repentance? Maybe you need to step in. Maybe it's your engine that needs to be overhauled. Maybe it's you that needs to be doing something different. Is that you today in this life? Do you need the repentance? Do you need to get baptized? Do you need to step into the community like you've never stepped in community before? Do you need to participate that? Pray about it. Think about it over the next couple of weeks. Maybe you, you have a friend who's not here this morning, but they usually are, and you say, hey, you, maybe you need to talk about baptism. Have you ever been baptized? Do you need to find a way to be more part of the community? And I'm not just talking about the church community, but community in a whole. Do we need to find ways in which we can ingratiate ourselves into Shorewood, into Joliet, into Plainfield? I'm still haunted by the fact that we have someone drowning 100 yards away from us. We have people drowning 50 and 25 yards away from us. How do we become the community that throws life preservers? That takes them to the one who can fix them. And then takes them home. Maybe that's a call in your life. Maybe that strikes a chord in your heart. Maybe that's an attitudal shift. It can start to change the way in which you operate at church. That's one of the reasons behind the block party is just that we can be a presence here. We can bring joy, we can bring fun, we can bring laughter to a community who desperately needs it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. And Lord, we ask you to bless us and guide us. We ask you to help us become the community that can shape lives. Lord, that we will become a community that brings people to the one who can fix them. That we will become a community. But this doesn't leave them at the repair shop, but takes them home. God, we ask you to guide us in that. These aren't little dreams. These aren't little things to do. These are huge dreams life-changing, eternity-changing things. God, if someone in this room is struggling with asking if they want to be baptized, God, I ask you just to place that on their heart that they would take that chance, that they would take that exposure of themselves to become part of a community that loves them and will do anything for them, that will get in their mess with them, that will get weedy, that will get wet, that will ruin some clothes, For them. God, we love you and we praise your name. Amen. Mm -hmm.